You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for January 6, 2017. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from Megan Kelly's 401k rollover orientation session at NBC. And no, Megan, you don't literally have to roll over. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. You don't have to take a spin either, apparently. No. We don't know about that, but. No. Uh, Back at your old job, you sure did. I, I should tell you that we're doing this on Thursday night, and over my shoulder just now, mm-hmm. before I turned off the television device, Rachel Maddow was welcoming Greta Van Suster. One of her sister. To, uh, to, to TV. And, and they, she, they love each other. Oh, I they're know. Such great, they're such great gal pals. You know, people say that we, we fight a lot on the TV just because you used to work for a crazy Nazi racist. And you hate everything I stand for. But that's not true. We're crazy gal pals. Yay! And she's working for us now. Yeah, well, and, I, and that if if you ever needed proof positive that cable news is simply can you read the teleprompter and do what the suits upstairs tell you to do. Right. Doesn't, I mean, okay, so for Megan Kelly now, Santa won't be white. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll right. have, she'll say something else and she'll be the professional lawyer, you know, attractive yeah. blonde. She's a beautiful woman. There's no doubt about that. Very telegenic. And she'll have her own show and, on Sunday, I believe. Okay. Megan Kelly will have her own show. Greta Van Susteren will now have her own show on MSNBC. Is that the case? Because I was, my understanding yep. from the quotes I read from Joe Scarborough was that she was going to be kind of an on-air legal expert rather than a no, uh, the, her own show. But, you know. The role, the role into this introduction from Rachel Maddow, because, you know, Rachel takes an hour to land the fucking plane. I know plane. she does. <laughs> you know. You know, back in the days when there were tubes and wires and stuff, and then an hour later, it's about you no. Know, this is this is about um, uh, they showed live footage of her new studio. They're building Greta Van Susteren a new studio. Okay. All right. And apparently, that's going to be. And um, of course, they all do triple duty. But you know, I just have this picture on my head of Phil Griffin saying, "You like your house, don't you? Don't you, Rachel?" Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, your paycheck, but, here, right, Rachel? but here's here's how I would look at it from the standpoint of. Rachel Maddow having to put a good face on this, which is, look, we might get, because we now have these two women from Fox coming over to our network. Three women. Three I'm women. sorry, two women. You're right. Two, two women. women, yes. Uh-huh. We we might get, let, let's be uh, really conservative about this and say we're going to get 18% of Fox News viewers are going to come over and check us out and stay with us for a while uh-huh. and and actually stay with us for a while. Mm-hmm. A, a few doses of Joanne Reed's show to a Fox News viewer if they actually sat and watched a bit of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I am with you in terms of we can't reach these people. You know, most of the time I feel that way. But I really feel like there we have seen so much just in the past week. And this is what we're going to talk about, of course. Breakdown of the way we thought the world was shaped in terms of loyalties. Mm-hmm. You know, where the people that are siding with Julian Assange over the entire (laughs) (laughs) intelligence community of 17 agencies, all of which hate each other. I mean, would love to tear each other down and be right. And 17 of them are unanimous in agreement. Uh And then Sean Hannity goes to the Ecuadorian embassy to, to interview Julian Assange. Yeah. Now. 
And (laughs) Sarah Palin apologized to Julian Assange. Now, this reminds me (laughs) of Mm -hmm. a story when a former boss of mine, and you know who I'm talking about, the the big guy who was a... We'll call him Former Bigfoot. drill sergeant, right? Uh-huh. He was He's an IT professional, greatest manager I ever had. He was a former drill sergeant in the Army. Mm-hmm. Big, huge guy and great leader. But he went to Chicago for the Democratic National Convention back when it was in Chicago. And he took a bunch of staff people with him. And their car, their rental car, hit a, hit a taxi cab. The cab driver gets out of the cab that they just hit with their car. And says, and let me guess, says, let me guess. <laughs> you just interrupted me. I was telling Tom Friedman, this fascinating story. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Okay. He said, I'm so sorry you hit my cab. <laughs> yeah. And they said, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. And I felt, I, I remembered that so distinctly, and I'm not trying to go, I'm not trying to go all uh, um, Michael Smirconish on you and ha- always have a personal anecdote for every single thing that happens. But the, the idea that Sarah Palin, whose email was hacked, and whose emails were published by Julian Assange, mm-hmm. comes on on Facebook and apologizes to him when she's the wronged party. It just, it so reminded me of that, that, you know, I'm so sorry you hacked, you published my hacked emails. Well, I, I will tell you another Chicago story. Okay. It, it was my aunt. I had my uncle and aunt. Uh, my uncle Ralph was uh, lived in Chicago back when that was a far, far exotic city, far away mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. And he was a track coach at DePaul. And a bunch of other things, and a big guy, uh, and and they they lived in the you know they were the cool uncle and aunt more or less. They lived in Chicago, and apparently they just piled into a big old um, sedan in their neighborhood. I mean, she was a little lady, and she was looking over the steering wheel, and she just creamed the sedan. Yeah. Totally her fault. Um, got out of the car, was very apologetic. Two very nice Italian gentlemen got out of the car, and was like, "It's no problem." It's no problem. Here, what'll it take to repair your car? And just start peeling bills off. It's just to cover it. Don't worry about it, man. That's beautiful. Everything is great. You go on your way. Because <laughs> we don't want no trouble. We don't we want don't no want attention. No cops. We don't know one. We'd rather the insurance company stayed mm-hmm. out of this, ma'am. Yeah. I get a feeling. I get a strong feeling of Russian mafia whiff yeah. coming off of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, big. Oh, well. Jimmy No Socks, or whatever yeah. his name was, was yeah. at the New Year's Eve party, right? But, but this alignment of um, Sarah Palin mm-hmm. and Sean Hannity yeah. and yeah. Tucker Carlson they're, and they're Julia all, They are all out in the outer rim of organized crime in the Republican well, Party anyway, well, no, right? I mean, the list goes on. Breitbart, right. yeah. Glenn Greenwald, Jesus, <laughs> and, and uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. are all aligned on the same side and they're all yeah. covering each other's ass and they all have one thing in common is they have a horde of absolutely brainwashed idiots who will follow them anywhere yeah. and believe anything they say. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to go deep, deep into the Russian hacking thing because I'm not a, an intelligence expert, but every time the argument is made, Glenn Greenwald simply says, um, the CIA, can't trust him. You know, <laughs> look, look, it, it gives exactly the same argument that Donald Trump gives. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you know, they told us there were weapons of mass destruction. Well, see, and, I would be along with that too if it wasn't seventeen agencies. Right. I would, you know, if it was one outlier, and the Clinton campaign or MSNBC or yeah. Move On right. just decided to hitch their wagon to that, and you know, we're going to trust the CIA, and we don't care what the FBI says, and we well, don't care what's. Well, I exactly. would be just as just as skeptical. 
exactly. when 17 and, and agencies agree. I would also point out that mm -hmm. there is no Dick Cheney in this equation. Right. There is exactly. no Don Rumsfeld going back to the CIA over and over and mm -hmm. over again. And saying, we want, we want the report to come up with a different conclusion. Yeah. Here's the conclusion happen. you're going to reach, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And there's yeah. no cue ball. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no, there's, there are no people, there's no foreign intelligence agencies saying, this is crazy. This is silly. The, your one source is a drunken idiot and nobody believes. Mm -hmm. There's nobody, you know, as the twin towers are burning, mm -hmm. like Don Rumsfeld mm -hmm. did, basically saying, let's bomb Iran right now. Well, yep. let's invade Iraq right now. Mm -hmm. Let's go right now. And there's no motive. Yeah. That, that's what is lacking here. Yep. There is nobody in the White House, as far as I'm hearing from anybody. Right. That's that's basically camped out in the CIA and every other intelligence agency insisting that they reach this conclusion. Well, in, or, in, in, in even even to to their fault, they were mm -hmm. too reticent to come forward with this right. information and for the sake the, of keeping the election fair. You know, I mean, and, that that's what kind of bothers everybody. And, right? you have to, and here's what you have to accept if you want to if you want to just say, you know, I'm, I'm with Glenn Green. I stand with Glenn Greenwald and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that not only is the CIA wrong, but every other intelligence agency is wrong in exactly the same way. And that every single thing they ever talk about is always wrong mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this is this can't just be one thing. Right. They, right. Because they make intelligence assessments all the time. So they are always wrong all the time about everything in unanimity. Yep. Plus, very important point here, they all have to be wrong in the same direction. Mm -hmm. They all mm -hmm. have to have gotten together and said, Here's what we'll do. Let's fake up a bunch of evidence that it was Russia. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And let's convince Barack Obama that this is what he should. And then let's keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. You have to have motive, method, and opportunity. Yep. And you have to have the elements of a conspiracy. And none of those are there. But if you are a fan of Glenn Greenwald or a fan of Donald Trump, Everyone who isn't you argues in bad faith all the time and cannot be trusted. Yep. Therefore, there's no point in discussing it because you're it's just McCarthyism. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sitting here laughing it, 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 it up my sleeve a little bit because there are at least four or five people who have come sort of back to my blog going, oh, I might have been a little harsh in your in my judgment. <laughs> <laughs> of your your assessment. Well, and it's not it's not as if. I, I don't because I just have never been involved as you have in the uh -huh. Glenn Greenwald controversies. I just Cult. have always looked Cult. at it. Okay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I have never, I have always been more um, agnostic about Glenn Greenwald than you are. And <laughs> yeah. the reason I say that is um, there have been, there was a time back during the Bush days there when he, him being an ally was a good thing. Sure. And I don't discount that. Nope. Uh, the 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 fan base of Glenn Greenwald, it seemed to me at at some point, became overwhelmingly male yep. and overwhelmingly, uh, and I don't mean overwhelmingly in terms of who they are, because I don't know who all of them are, but mm -hmm. the ones that appeared in comment threads were bullies. Yeah. And so, and that doesn't mean everyone that reads Glenn Greenwald is a bully. That means oh. the ones that appeared in comment threads were bullies. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just like Ayn Rand fans and just like 
fans, certain comic book fans, and just like certain uh, video game fans. You know, there's just this sort of, okay, there's too much much testosterone, inexperienced testosterone in this space. And I'm just not in any, I'm not going to invest in that in any emotionally in any way. So I, you know, God bless them and go with God and all of that. But really it is just that to me, that's not worth any of my emotional energy. And you'll notice that I have stopped. Yeah. yeah. Well, Uh, because it's it's above my pay grade. Yeah, right. And what's the point? There's, I, I, I made my point. My point was always this: you know, you'll find links to Glenn Greenwald's stuff at un, uh, unclaimed territory mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In, on my blog. I thought he made incredibly valid points and made mm-hmm. them very well. He said he's an attorney. He's mm-hmm. he's a, mm-hmm. an advocate. And my point during the entire uh, Snowden thing, if you mm-hmm. go through and read my blog, I can be snarky and bitchy and mean. But my point was always this: there's a valid and important story here. But he keeps putting his dick in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. can't stop slandering anyone who disagrees with him, even a little bit. He can't, like, beating the shit out of Joy Reid on Twitter. Mm-hmm, he can't mm-hmm. stop being a giant asshole. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, maybe at mm-hmm. some point, asshole is the bigger story. Mm-hmm, because he mm-hmm. really just won't shut the fuck up about it. Mm-hmm. And he really can't, And he lies. I mean, he tells, you know, he, he reports accurately on the content of Snowden documents. And then he makes up a bunch of shit about secret prisons and will lock you away forever, and he can never come back. Oh to this yeah, and he was threatened. He was back. threatened with secret prison. Yeah, I, there, none there of was which stuff was like true. that. Yeah, yeah, none of which yeah. was true. And then he gets very high and mighty about journalistic accountability for other people. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, dude, don't you think you should be accountable for? And here are some things you have said that are simply not true. Mm-hmm. And his and mm-hmm. and that's when his swarm just just comes in and buries you. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. there are people now that it's gotten ridiculous. Now that he's way the hell out of his skis, um, some more people up the food chain from me are feeling that Criticizing wrath. Criticizing him, yeah. Are, well, are yeah. feeling the wrath of the, of the Spleenwald horde, mm-hmm. of the purity yeah. angels. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm sort of like tapping him on, you know, Yoo-hoo. on the side going, <laughs> I tried to tell you, man. It's not, yeah. it has, it's not that there's not a story here. It's that he will not accept that anyone who disagrees with him has a valid point of view and is not... If you disagree with them, you are a jackbooted, obot, fascist, drooling thug. And for my Period. for my for my money, we've already spent too much time on him yes, in the podcast. So moving yes, on. Yes, we have. Um, but that's the Russian hacking story, and it's the re- <laughs> but it's the realignment of and, and, this weird realignment of loyalties. And tonight, uh, Mr. Woolsey, who yep. was supposed to be the former CIA head, who's and and I I know that Rick Wilson is not on our team. I know no. this, right? Everyone Trump needs to know. Yeah. I, I, He stuck to his guns on the Never Trump stuff, but he is not on our team. And no, he acknowledges not. that. And I acknowledge that. I follow him on Twitter. He has responded to a couple of things I've said mm-hmm. uh, in a kind way. But we understand. He said, you know, I'm a conservative. He says that to everyone. <laughs> you know, I'm not on your team. All you liberals who think you're following me because I'm on your team, I'm not. So we're clear about that. But he did... He did illustrate in a tweet this week or tonight uh sort of the changing landscape that we're in which is you know before an hour ago uh you know we have you you can't criticize trump because trump has this respected former cia head who's adding gravitas to his team right transition team right yeah (laughs) and now and now an hour later it's is a rico cook globalist shill for george soros right (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's that really is the point. And that that is that is sort of the that is one of the sort of long range um, uh, themes that we've struck on this podcast for years, which yeah. is 
you can turn these people's opinions on and off like a light switch. Yep. You really can. They have yep. they're not there's no higher brain function. See, that's in what there. gives me hope that if they turn on Megan, you know, and well, they, oh, they have, you know, oh, they have. No, I, you mean, t- I don't mean turn on Megan like they've turned on her, which I know they've done that. Well, no, but if no. they turn on their TV and Megan's on and someone who is unaware of the situation just sits down to watch Megan and she's speaking for the MSNBC suits instead of the Fox suits all of a sudden. She's Which a cuck. will be all of a sudden. She's a cuck. <laughs> yeah. She's well, a sellout we'll rhino. Well, we'll no, see. I, I, I well, will see. Not state... for all of them. I would just bet you that there are some who will be, first of all, some, some may, you know, in the single digits, will be fooled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some will say, oh, that Megan, you know, I still watch her because she's hot. Right. <laughs> and she still makes a lot of sense. She's very smart. And they will have just a different message from the same source. Uh, and I, I hope you're right. I, 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 I don't that... know. I, I don't ha- I know you don't hold a lot of hope out for that. Well, I know that the minute she pushed back at Donald Trump, they, they cut her loose. Yep. They yep, just that's they, true. That's they, true. They, their, their opinions change like that. I mean, that's they, they really I are. I would love for famous. MSNBC to hire Hannity. <laughs> I know. Hannity's dead to me. I'm no, killing I mean, I mean, you. Really, it, I'm killing you now. Not me, not me. I mean, but it, you know, Han- this, you've told the story many times of Hannity and Keith Olbermann, right? You know, right? Off, uh, you know, off camera, saying, "Isn't it funny? They think we disagree. This is just TV. It's just TV. It doesn't matter." It's TV. And Olbermann going, uh, "No, no it, it isn't. Matters. You it and really I are doesn't. not the same." <laughs> Yeah. But, th- but this this is the in the in the realm of uh, I forget who said it was it was um, the head of the Nazi Air Force I believe oh, Gary uh-huh. uh, who famously said words the effect of I decide who's a Jew yeah 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 and yeah. and Donald Trump decides who's a conservative yep Rush Limbaugh decides who's a conservative yep. tomorrow uh, Glenn Beck crosses me Glenn Beck isn't a conservative anymore and forty mm-hmm. million people will turn as one because Trump is the party and the party is Trump. Well, and, and you are. and I have said many times, and you have actually asked me this at yes. one time, you know, what if what if we switch sides, Driftglass? Never yeah. going to happen. But well, what if, you know, yeah. we would we would live like we would live, be rich as kings. Oh, well, one, if, one quick thing. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, this has been another exciting episode of the Cornfield Resistance, brought to you by MacGuffin's Muffins. <laughs> Spy versus spy. This week at Spy versus Spy episode on Adventures of the Cornfield Resistance. McGuffin's Muffins building strong plot points 12 ways. See, I think I get paid every time I say that. If I don't, <laughs> I'll be really upset. Hey, speaking I think of we t- need to do some photoshops of McGuffin's Muffins. Are they are they English muffins? Or you never are see they... them. You never see them. <laughs> they're, just, they're in a briefcase and they glow. And you open it up and it glows like... That's and, pretty but, much but people it. are always chasing cars that claim to have them in the back trunk, they are. right? And they're never, it's never the right one. <laughs> it always has you know, Lebowski's underwear in it or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of, of, of major payoffs, mm-hmm. it turns out – I don't want to let this slip because this is a major news week coming up. But it turns out Richard Nixon was an even bigger traitor than we oh thought. Oh my he was. gosh, I know. Yeah, I, I mean know. that the story about him had been floating around for years. Tom Tom Hartman told it often, but it was of course just a story. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, Lyndon Johnson said it, but what do you want? Yeah. Uh, and that is that Richard Nixon deliberately, on purpose, uh, monkey wrenched the um, peace talks. Yep. Uh, to win the election in nineteen sixty. Before he was elected. Yeah. Now uh, Reagan did the same thing with the. Iran hostages. Yes, he did. Before he was, before the election happened during yes. during the general election. 
Well, Nixon uh, did it. Nixon did it to win the election. Yep. Yep. And uh, but this time we have handwritten notes from H.R. H.R. Halderman. There, there are, are no we hand- sure that he's not Corey Lewandowski reincarnated? No, Corey Lewandowski not. is we're, not reincarnated Halderman. No, no, because because history keeps repeating itself in this weird <laughs> rhythmic kind of horrifying way. It, does. it uh, does. But thus far, no one's produced a handwritten document from I don't know Spanky McFarland or or, or George H.W. Bush saying yes, Reagan did this. <laughs> yeah, that's basically yeah. what Halderman's document shows is that you know this is contemporaneous documentation that yes richard nixon committed treason sold out his country to win the election thus making him quite possibly only the third second or third most traitorous republican president in the last 50 years i was gonna say mm-hmm. we still we of, of the three nixon bush and trump mm-hmm. nixon is is the best president of the three so right. well ford but you gotta you know ford's kind of a rounding error but yeah, no, Reagan? I mean, and then, then uh, we have Reagan, Reagan, Reagan who cheated Reagan. his way into the White House as well. Yeah, and ran Contra. Sold yeah. sold weapons to terrorists and gave the money to uh, an illegal army yeah. uh, in defiance of all kinds of laws, and yeah. uh, and then pled stupidity. <laughs> when he found and out everybody about believed him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he's a moron. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't. Never mind. He's such a nice man. But that's this is the, this is by way of saying this is a longer story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This has been going on for a really long time, and and the thing that constantly frustrates and delights me is when you read, like in the New York Times, uh, there was a wonderful editorial uh, about you know, a report from Trump country mm-hmm. about Jesus Christ, they really are as fucked in the head as you think they are. Mm-hmm. From Iowa, a part of Iowa that I used to live in, actually. Uh, but when I was a little, little boy, so it doesn't really count. But it was these you know, two, two young guys at the counter that the author had known for years pushed back from the counter to start their day and says, Let's get to work early because, you know, because liberals don't work. And, yep. and it's it's yep. it's so automatic with them that it's well. Like, and here's what I don't understand is why does the American public and I know why the American public compartmentalizes, quote unquote, liberals, because uh-huh. they've been taught to by Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. and they've been taught to by right wing media of Every stripe from Breitbart to Fox News. They've yes. been taught that liberals yes. are evil. Yes. Um, but Republicans get to compartmentalize mm-hmm. conservatism into, well, that was Nixon. Right. And then, well, that was Reagan. And then, well, that was Bush. And then now it's, well, that's Trump. Well, that was George Ryan. And that was. <laughs> and, all right. <laughs> but there's there isn't this. And I don't know if that's because not enough people listen to the professional F podcast to have the historical context of no. This, and I have seen this on Facebook where people uh-huh. are screaming over uh, healthcare, which we're going to get to next. But uh, you know, this is what happens when you trust Republicans. They start to loot the place. This is what happens. Right. And uh, I have seen that today on Facebook. Um, but that kind of consistent message, we somehow feel that we are better than that, perhaps to sort of blanket, attack an entire group of people that way yeah or or is it that we just uh maybe it's the fact that uh there's two standards in terms of audience for marketing purposes that oh well you know no one takes rush limbaugh personally Mm -hmm. so if you advertise on rush limbaugh um no one's going to take that personally against your company that you do that well it's turning out that is not the case you know we are taking it personally and we are doing stop rush and that is working people are stopping advertising on breitbart people are stopping their advertising on Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and people need to stop advertising on Fox, too, because it's hate TV. And you said today, what was it that Ann Coulter tweeted? 
Yeah, 14, which is code for neo-Nazi sympathizing. Yeah, 14, 14 words. 14 words then... about purity of the white race, blah, blah. You know, and <clears throat> it's out in the open, but it's always been half in the open. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the and what the purpose of the mainstream media, especially people like David Brooks mm -hmm. and Matthew Dowd, is to provide them cover fire. It's normalizing that. Is to, is yeah. to, no, it's yeah. to say both sides do it. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. don't worry about the fact that we are breeding an entire generation of Nazis in the Republican Party mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. some liberal did something mean to somewhere. So let's just talk about how both sides are evil and both yeah. sides are wrong mm -hmm. and both sides are broken. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and you know I would uh, it's not it's not. This it's not that hard. I, I tweeted today half jokingly. Democrats, if you want to win white working class people, it's simple. Just lie to them constantly. <laughs> lie to them all the time. It works great. It works like fucking magic. It, and it really is because you're dealing with fundamentally stupid, frightened people who and this is why there's such a huge crossover between conservative evangelicals and conservatives, mm -hmm. because they want a simple, clear, morally a certain answer. Mm -hmm. They want a book that tells them exactly what the life is and how it should be lived and who's right and who's wrong and who's good and bad and who's evil and who's not. Mm -hmm. They're the mm -hmm. good guys. That's all they want, a simple – And that's why the Threshold Publications is so successful at publishing, yeah. uh, you know, Nico – not Nico. What's his name again? I don't know. The, Milo? The, Milo, that's it, who's yeah. got his, his publishing $250,000 book from – and it is. It's, it's Threshold Publications from – you know, he's he's going to make a quarter of a million dollars off a book because I, people the, buy it. People buy books from those. The recommendations books. I get to read mm -hmm. are, you know, read this, you know, over in Vox and some mm -hmm. complex, interesting analysis of public policy with right. a lot of graphs. Right. And here's here's an analysis of political history. And here's. Um, oh, I don't know, uh, a book, let's let's say Nixon Land mm -hmm. or or the, the Invisible Bridge by Rick Perlstein, right. Right. which are wonderful books. Yes, they are. Um, that's what appeals to me as a, a smart, cosmopolitan, liberal American. Mm -hmm. What appeals to a conservative living in Iowa is they're good guys and they're bad guys. Right. The bad guys are the dirty, dirty liberals. Mm -hmm. And all they're doing, they're just the dirty, dirty Jews. That's all it yeah, is. It yeah, is exactly yeah. the same, simple, clear, mm -hmm. constant, pounded home. Every fucking gas station you go into – Every motel that's got a TV playing on the wall is Fox and Rush and Fox and Rush. Mm -hmm. um, I'm listening to our local – one of our local radio stations here, and there are drop-ins. Yeah. You know, when you start back up from that, this is this is a radio station that does news, sports, and weather. Right. News, that's sports, what and they weather do. until like 10 o'clock, and then it becomes Mark Levin and Rush Limbaugh. Okay. All day long. But, they, you but, know, the, but the morning is – But control of the station in the morning right. is – Local news, local sports, local weather. Right. Weather on and, the nines, interviewing local politicians, et cetera, et cetera. And advertisements for hardware stores and feed stores and used car and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. In the middle of that, there's a commercial drop in for Rush Limbaugh. And Rush Limbaugh's talking about why does why does Barack Obama and the Democrats want want to give Iran a nuclear weapon? Oh my What's wrong with these traitors? That, and it's in the middle of a fucking, you know, com commercial for a the car, weather, yeah, the weather and a car commercial. Rush yeah. Limbaugh, because that's what that's how their brains are now. They hear all they hear all day long is a little voice in their head telling them liberals are evil, liberals are bad, liberals are out to destroy you. Whatever you can do to make liberals sad or angry or cry, that's the good thing to do. 
Well, but that's not what interests me as much as why is that is now was that an ad for the rest of their day? Is that just, what that was? It was, just, or was, it was it just, just a, in the middle of everything. I, I assume it was a Limbaugh moment, but it was in the middle of news and sports and weather and local sport local sports teams are doing this and that. And literally, there is an advertisement for um, a, a hardware store and like a pool supply. And in the middle of it is Rush Limbaugh talking about what traitors liberals are for two minutes. And it was just in the middle. And, and those drop-ins are what keep you going during the morning while you're waiting for Rush to come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, the, but that must be why they put them on. Is sure. So that, because there's an audience for them that wants to hear two minutes, two minutes hate from Rush. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Literally two minutes hate from Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get to um, health care. Yeah, let's before, do that. It's big. That's big. We, and... and, and uh, Planned Parenthood is being, quote unquote, defunded. Uh, There was a tweet uh, from uh, John Favreau tonight that said, honestly, Republicans in Congress couldn't handle five minutes of questions on their Obamacare strategy right now. They're clueless. Tom Cotton came out and said he's against repeal and replace. Just repeal. Because we don't have a replacement. No, because we don't have a replacement. And he doesn't want to leave his constituents. Uh, I think he wants to run for president in 2020 is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, he de- I don't know what he wants to do, but he, he doesn't want to be on record as taking away health insurance from his constituents. Right. Uh, and he's, Congress people are hearing an earful, not just about the uh, ethics vote, which, by the way, our congressman, Rodney Davis, has not answered the question of how he voted at midnight on that vote. Um, John Shimkus has answered and said, yes, I voted yes to get rid of the Office of Congressional Ethics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, he's in a safe district. (laughs) Uh, Rodney Davis is not. Right. So uh, he, you know, it's not surprising that Rodney Davis would be more cautious. But I've been on Rodney Davis's Facebook page for an hour today. And uh, people are still mad about that. And people want to know how he voted. Mm hmm. Um, and people are mad, really mad at him, uh, more than I have seen. And, and Rodney Davis was one of the class of 2010 dipshits. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but you know, he's, he's one of the, uh, white toast (laughs) Republicans who's not very bright. Uh, he, he's got a picture of himself, you know, uh, with an ear of corn on his, on his website. And, you know, he loves jobs and America. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Rodney Davis. But we'd Mm -hmm. like to know how you voted on the ethics thing. And we'd like you to, uh, be honest about Obamacare that you have no intention of replacing it. And, uh, and, Therefore, your repeal and replace vote is bullshit. Well, and this begs um, the question. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I got to give them, you know, I got I got to give them some flexibility, mm-hmm. some latitude. They've only had six years of doing absolutely nothing, <laughs> absolutely fucking nothing to figure out what to do. They have voted. I don't know if this number 60 is times. I think it's th- close to 60. I think it's 62 and, oh, and, wow. and, and counting. Mm-hmm. They have voted. 62 times to pull the pin on a grenade. They had no idea how to diffuse if it went off. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which is, you know, would be, again, if we live in a sane country, that would be utterly disqualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody cares. Because, and that, that's the thing that's also so alarming is for all of the both siderist claptrap out there, you can feel in the tuck pointing mm-hmm. of our political body, of, of the structures of our political structures, uh, the presumption is well, of course they're crazy, but Democrats won't let them be too crazy. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that got me so angry last week, which is you, you've you voted 
so many Democrats out of office and put so many crazy people in there that we can't stop them anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you know, like, I, I know they're not going. And I, there was someone on Facebook today who in at Rodney Davis's Facebook page saying, well, you know, they're not going to take away Medicare because that's just the third rail. I just think if 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 Rodney Davis were waterboarded for like three minutes, <laughs> um, he would be able to explain to his constituents that we never had any fucking intention of getting rid of Obamacare. We hated the Negro. We know you hate <laughs> the Negro. And it was a way to make the Negro look bad. But we didn't <laughs> actually think we were going to catch the fucking car. And right. now we've caught the right. car. And all the crazy Everybody people, thought Hillary was going to win, so everybody just voted the way they thought yes, they wanted to for it change. Matter. And I look mean, what we're, happened. We're yeah. Republicans. Nothing we do, do matter. We don't have to govern anything. We don't have to do anything. Well, you know what? At the, at the core of that <laughs> group, there was always a hardcore group of Fucking Nazi true believers, man. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, oh, yeah. We're, we're getting in power. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to get rid of regulations. We're going to drill the fuck out of this country. We're going to treat women like chattel. Uh, we're going we're to put loot the Fed. We're going to loot, take everything, every benefit that we can possibly take and privatize it to our benefit. Yep. They have a plan. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't yeah. the plan they ran on, but they figured, you know what? After 30 years of Rush Limbaugh shitting in your skull, you really are stupid enough to vote to cut your own throat and blame liberals when the blood comes out. Yep. And yep. they were. And now yep. all these coal country morons are like, no, I didn't vote to get rid of my Medicare. I vote to get rid of Obamacare. Like, yeah. it's the same yeah. fucking thing. No, no, it ain't. No, that yeah. can't be yeah. true. Yep. And I, the benefits I, want... I got because my husband died of black lung after 45 years. In what was it? The woman had her husband was 32 years in the mines, and she had 45 dollars a month in pension. Yeah, or 65. 30, it, was some, it, it was some ridiculous under 100 dollars a month in pension after mm-hmm. 32 years in the mines. Right. And she's living on money from Obamacare because yes. her husband died of black lung, and, they, and it was Obamacare that. And, you know, that might have even been there were Republican amendments to Obamacare. Don't let anyone tell you there weren't. Those things were put in there by congressmen who wanted to help their constituents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why the bill is 2000 pages long. Well, now, I mean, today, as of today, um, Il Duche uh, has has gone on record as calling Chuck Schumer a clown. Yeah. And, you know, 10 seconds after calling Chuck Schumer the head clown of the Democrat Party mm-hmm. who lies about Obamacare, he's pleading for a bipartisan solution, a bipartisan replacement that'll be great. And it really is. I ran on May, uh, and I want you to remember this phrase, a fraction of the cost. A fraction of the cost. Donald Trump promised that yep. his amazing replacement for mm-hmm. Obamacare would be great health care at a, quote, fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. And now that he's actually caught the car and he's in office, what is he doing? He's telling Democrats and Republicans in Congress. Come up with a plan. If you guys, you guys come up with a plan that does all the shit that I said it can do that costs next to nothing in right. a bipartisan way. We That's got it right here. Job. Single payer. Yeah, it's called single payer. <laughs> and and the, all the clever people are saying we did that. It was yeah. called the negotiation for the Affordable Care Act, and you wanted nothing to do with it. Every every possible compromise we offered during the bipartisan, the, the desperate attempt to make this into a bipartisan solution mm-hmm. to a major national problem, you told us to fuck off and pound sand. You mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with it. Well, guess what, fuckos? This is yours now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if... If you know if if Jimmy 
no brain down in sister fuck Arkansas is dying of black lung because he's too stupid not to realize he just voted to take away his own health care. That is his problem. Now, the problem is he made up my problem. Yep. Because little Jimmy No Brain voted to take my kids' health care away. Yep. And now it's personal. Now yep. you've done something to me and my family I can never forgive you for. Right. Never. I don't care if you did it out of stupidity or racism or because Rush told you to. You did it. You're, grown, you're a grown-ass man. You're a grown-ass woman. You made this decision. Now, either fix it or acknowledge the fact you are totally incompetent to be a citizen of this country. You had a choice between a competent public servant who had been good at her job for 30 years and a fascist. You chose a fascist. And my He's job... A pussy-grabbing fascist yeah. who admitted... He's a liar. He's just a yeah, fucking a liar. He's just a liar. And been caught in a lie over and over and over again during the campaign. Day after day after day. Yep. You made that choice. Now, my job... Now, now you run the Congress. You have the Congress. You've got my governor's mansion. You own the White House. My job is to rub your fucking nose in it mm -hmm. every day. My job to is to stop and to stop you and to stop the agenda of the people that you voted for. <laughs> my well, my job is because we know how this is going to end. This mm -hmm. is going to end very, very badly. Badly. Yep. And my job for America and for our country. Yep. Exactly. And my job as a liberal is to burn down the bridges that let you slither away from the catastrophe you voted for in mm -hmm. 2004. Mm -hmm. Because you voted for another moron who broke the country, who ruined the army, who bankrupted the country. And when it came time for a reckoning, you put on a tricorn hat and you've got yourself a little flag and you pretend you'd never heard of George Bush. And you got away with it because the media helped you get away with it because you had a billion dollars behind you helping mm -hmm. you get away with it. Our job this time is to make sure there's no way out for you. Right. You go right. down with this ship. Yep. Yep. And it's not Trumpism. No. It's conservatism. It's conservatism. conservatism. It's conservatism. This is, this is Republican. You're Republican. This is a Republican Party. This is the Republican Party. And we will not allow you to attach it just to one president because it's Mitch McConnell. It's Paul Ryan. Speaker Ryan. And it's all the way down to Rodney Davis. Yeah. And someone pointed out on I, I know I'm spending a lot of time on Rodney Davis's Facebook page. But as I've said, there were more there are more common there now, this is what I was trying to say earlier, more comments there now than I have ever seen since 2010, since he was mm -hmm. elected in 2010. And I've been over there fairly often just to check on, you know, what's going on, where is, where, what bills is he doing in case anything is podcastable or sure. bloggable. Or requires action on our part. Yeah. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. And I have left messages for him and I have addressed him by name in letters to the editor, as, as our listeners know. Um, and... We are making a difference now. We know how to do this. We know how to call our congressmen. We know how uh, they react when we do that. And the Facebook messages for Rodney Davis are, how dare you? And it's not um, just, uh, it, the anger isn't just, you're taking away my health care. They really are calling him out for saying, you are lying about the and replace part. Right. Because you've had six years, you've had seven years to do this. You absolutely have. And you have no intention of replacing it. You just are you just are being an anti Obama shill. Right. And you have no policy behind what you what you are saying. So um, and Tom, as I said, Tom Cotton has come out against us. They almost I think they have four now Republican senators. Um, Rand Paul is one of them and Tom Cotton is another uh, who are against the repeal and replace. I'm sure we will get more. Um because of the phone calls. Because, well, I know what uh, Ron, uh, uh, Rand Paul's 
alternative is. It's freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Let's try, uh, and he said that. Let's try freedom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we um, noticed yesterday one of uh, Mitch McConnell's constituents or former constituents wrote me on Twitter and said, "You know, Mitch McConnell isn't answering his phone. Mitch no. McConnell's staff isn't answering his phone. Doesn't have to. Just, it's just ring and ring and ring and ring. So." Um, that's just happening. You know, the, the phones are ringing off the hook. The phones are on fire. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is what that is it. And speaking of um, Mitch McConnell, do you want to tell people what Mitch McConnell said this week about Supreme Court nominations? Sure. Although everybody's heard it, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a historical document. So 100 years from now, people <laughs> might not realize that the man who engineered the blockage of the Barack theft. Obama's the nomination theft. for the Supreme Court for a year. Yep. yep. And who promised that any nomination from Hillary Clinton would be opposed uh, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Today said, would you like to go with it? You go with it. The American public won't stand for uh, Democrat blocking uh, the president's uh, Supreme Court nomination. <laughs> won't stand for the it. American people. The American people won't stand for yeah. it. Yeah. And and what do you say to that? You know, I, I mean, uh, and the problem is I'm not a journalist. I can't yeah. get within a million miles of Mitch McConnell say, how the fuck do you sleep at night? Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. how how fucking awful a person ha- do you have to be? Mm-hmm. And, and and I assume this is part of the deal to get your whore of a wife a job with the Trump administration. And that's great. That's, I'm sure you got that all worked out and I'm sure you'll do very well. But and then turn to journalists and his supporters and staff and say, why do you let him get away with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what is malfunctioning? What what where's the hole where your soul should be? That lets you work for a, a monster like this, who just lies, who just looks you straight in the eye and says, fuck you. This mm-hmm. isn't about process. It's not about the Constitution. It's not about America. It's about fucking power. I could I could stick it in Barack Obama's ear for a year, and I did it. And I could have stuck it in Hillary Clinton's ear for another four years, and I would have done it. But now that it's my turn, I'm going to sit here and piously tell you that blocking a Supreme Court nomination is just not the American thing to do. And I know that not one of you has the guts to step up and slap the shit out of me on camera, which is exactly what you should do. You should pie the guy. You should look in his face. You should throw up on his shoes. The reporters around him should be pointing at him going, I can't believe a shithole like you. But that's Mitch McConnell. And he runs the Senate for the Republican Party because that's what Republicans are about. Yep. Well, and and they've got a really crazy president. They they really do. Um, Donald Trump spent. Last night, working working the phones to execute a pol- political grudge. I'm hearing this from Isaac Dovier on Twitter. Uh, he personally called a lo- dozen local Ohio GOP officials today and lobbied them to oust the state chair. This is an article in Politico. Huh? He had time to call 12 people on the phone and lobby them to oust the state Republican Chairman, and you know why? No, he stayed at a Trump hotel and left a mean comment card. <laughs> he did not. No, he didn't. But it's, I mean, <laughs> I thought you were telling the truth. <laughs> no, I could be. I don't know. No, I mean, it's n- it's because I Politico's saying it's because he's an ally of John Kasich, and yeah. John Kasich never supported me to the very end. Mm-hmm. Well, and we we know that when when he was standing next to uh, Don King for his presser, right? Yeah. And uh, he was asked about, you know, Lindsey Graham saying we have to investigate this hacking. And his first words out of his mouth were, uh, Lindsey Graham ran against me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for like a month. Yeah. And then he went away. Well, I don't forget that. 
you know, no. I'm I'm not a Republican. I'm Trump. I'm Trump. Right? That that's his I'm a, philosophy. I'm a and they walking, all have to live with him. Right? I'm a walking sack of peevish, petulant grievances, mm-hmm. and I plan to use the power of the presidency to to punish every single person who's ever slighted me in any way. Mm-hmm. The person who gave me this fucking haircut, they're dead. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to talk for just a minute more about healthcare. Uh-huh. There was an article I came across um, that was talking about deductibles. And I've heard a lot of complaints uh, on various social media websites about these high deductible health insurance plans that mean that you can't use your health insurance. Uh, there was an article from, it was back in the fall, uh, from a, I want to say it was a government agency, but it was uh, definitely about how people, it was a study that was done about how people spend healthcare dollars when they have a high deductible plan. Right. You were telling me about this. And I was trying to tell you about this and yeah. we got busy with kids. Um, it is fascinating. They had a company. This is the, I'm sorry, this is a National Bureau of Economic Research. So I assume that they're a think tank. Um, impact of high deductibles on healthcare spending. What they found in this one study, they had uh, a self-insured firm of 35,000 to 60,000 employees and 105,000 to 200,000 dependents. They studied these people for six years. Um, these people were highly paid workers. Median income was between $125,000 and $150,000. This self-insured plan that this company had was uh, very generous to their employees. It provided uh, employees and their families essentially with free health care. Yeah. Uh, they did not have to contribute anything to the premium. Uh, they did not have to contribute anything uh, in terms of... Uh, deductible. Right. They had copays, right. and they had, uh, you know, I mean, it was insurance, so right. they had copays. They had to pay, et cetera, for certain things. But um, there was no deductible. Uh huh. It was and Medicare. This, this went on for uh, a few years. Um, in the fifth year, they they studied this for four years. In the fifth year, uh, the company implemented a high deductible plan. Um, they continued to offer the exact same set of medical providers and services available on the entirely free plan. So this was kind of the perfect study right. because the plan didn't change, just the deductible change. So they really right. had, and, and the people were the same. So they really had a control group and could see exactly what changing this one variable did to healthcare spending. And it turned out that, yes, indeed, healthcare spending by employees dropped. Um, it dropped 13% in, in one year. Wow. Um, and they went and they, since this was a group of 60,000 employees, they could actually interview them and find out what, what had they decided to do? How had they decided to spend things? The company, when they implemented this plan, gave these employees all kinds of information about how to manage their health care under this new plan. Uh-huh. That uh, there are places you can go where you can get less expensive MRIs. Uh, we are going to publish um, a list of our providers, what they charge for certain things. Uh, we want you to uh, control your healthcare costs by shopping around, and right. that we're going to let we want the marketplace freedom, right? It's freedom. But we I want will, the we will help you shop in the marketplace. We, but we're going to provide you with a lot of information, right? They gave people. Um, uh, I'm reading this here. Uh, excuse me, let, oh, yeah, substitutions for places where they could have less costly procedures. They offered a tool to search for doctors by location, specialties, fees, and compare pricing of standard services. So MRIs, uh, x-rays, anything that was kind of 
you could pick where you wanted to go. Uh Um, Mammograms, all of those things. they had a tool that you could use to find the right, pri- the best price. What they found is when faced with a deductible, people just stopped going to the doctor. Right. Period. Period. Uh-huh. And ev- the, the amazing thing to me was, because I've, I've talked with a couple of our listeners <clears throat> who are really, who have wanted to debate me about healthcare, which is great. I'm, I've been really grateful for that, those exchanges. Um, people who are dealing with serious illness, um, serious illness like type 1 diabetes or lupus or, you know, something that is chronic, right. uh, not necessarily fatal if it's treated, um, those kind of things. And I've talked with, I think, even the past year, three or four people who've had those kind of conditions um, and what it means to have a high deductible plan. And all of them are very educated about how this works. And um, the the one person in particular that I spoke to said, you know, I know um, to get my first of all, I know to to get as much of the expensive treatment done that I can done early in the year because I want that deductible to go away. And I know it will go away because by the end of the year, I will have hit it no matter what. So I might as well Mm -hmm. hit it early and and get everything done so that if something terrible happens I ha- I'm still not paying out of pocket right? right exactly and that's that's what they would expect people to do who are dealing with a chronic condition like lupus or type 1 diabetes but what they found in this case was with these people who all of a sudden had a high deductible was no they didn't even do that <laughs> they just they just put off everything right and even things where they were covered for mam- they were covered for mammograms and they were covered for a colonoscopy mm-hmm. uh, at every five-year colonoscopy people that were due for their colonoscopy didn't have it because even though it was covered under their plan and and without the deductible they could have gone and had one uh, this this study said perhaps individuals were unaware of the benefits because they had avoided the doctor right right. <laughs> Um, another possible explanation is they feared that the free tests would lead to other costly services. Exactly. They're exactly. terrified of just spending any money on healthcare at all. Right. Well, once and, you open that door, yeah. <clears throat> that that five thousand dollar procedure mm-hmm. uh, just led to a three hundred thousand dollar cost. Yeah. Well, you know, the deductibles in this particular case, I think, were five to six thousand uh-huh. dollars. So it's not a hundred thousand dollar deductible. You know, and I, no, I everyone mean, that's Go that ahead. that that they'd rather not know. Yeah. Well, they'd rather not take the five thousand dollar bite if they don't have to. Right. If they can, if they can walk it off, uh-huh. whatever that is. And uh, the authors of this study are saying uh, this is not a good way to. This high deductible thing is not a good way to try to rein in healthcare costs. No. Because even the well-educated and highly paid employees in this data sample, uh, they aren't even. Not only are they doing things counter to their financial interests when they know that they're going to hit their deductible, they're also just totally going against their medical interests. And if our if our interest is in lowering costs, telling people, putting something, putting a burden on someone that makes them forego even a free mammogram right. that would catch breast cancer early and is they bad. decide not to do that uh-huh. is not getting you the outcome you want. Right. <laughs> so, you know, th- I, this is something that's going to have to be looked at more. And if we had a President Clinton, I would write her a letter. And this is what gets me frustrated over and over again, several times a day now. Uh-huh. I'm not going to cry. It just gets me so fucking frustrated that we lost that person who you could have written a letter to. Right. And and had this complicated issue brought up. 
and she would have handed off to someone who understood and was willing to at least try to do something about it. Right. So there was there was a there was always going to be an avenue for having a conversation like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, this I think of this. I'm serious. I'm at my laptop writing blog posts about Trump and Uh about who, you know, what crazy thing did he tweet? And what, you know, what, how is he managing the media and how, what is he lying about today? And then I come across something like this, which is complex and involves outcomes and trying to achieve better outcomes. And it's very wonky and I understand it and you understand it. And I've just tried to make our listeners understand it. And we have this stupid idiot that other stupid idiots have elected and we have to cope with that. Who doesn't, um, not, who, who not only doesn't understand it, doesn't care doesn't care it's, and it's just um, you know and make... no one that works for him cares no, no one in that white house <clears throat> cares no nope. no one that is running that congress cares so um and and we found out even today you know they were all patting themselves on the back about that um health care bill that actually did pass both houses of congress and president obama signed mm-hmm. about uh streamlining the drug process right and it and it turns out that Tom Price was making a profit off of those kind of bills. He was. And and uh, today's the day that, I mean, we should probably mention that today's the day that they were all high-fiving each other about getting rid of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Because abortion and baby parts, the same complex, important, Mm outcomes-driven, health-driven conversation about here's an organization that radically improves the lives of millions of women, one in five women. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. have been to Planned Parenthood. Uh, the, the Internet is full of stories of women who had their cancer caught early, who had mm-hmm. um, their reproductive health saved by interventions from Planned Parenthood. It is a mm-hmm. wonderful organization that does excellent work by any measure, by any Christian measure. They do awesome work to help sick people get better, mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. healthy people stay healthy, and to help poor people um, improve the, their lot in life. Mm-hmm. And the Republican Party is uh, the the white, male, racist, sexist assholes are high-fiving each other today because they finally get, get to get rid of that. Well, in and of, I'm interested in, the in what Jesus happens Christ. because they doubled the budget for Marsha Blackburn's committee to one and a half million dollars, mm-hmm. which is chicken feed, you know, for, for Congress. But, um, but there's for sure. one and a half million of your tax dollars going to Marsha Blackburn's committee to investigate Planned Parenthood. For show trials. For show trials. For show trials of Planned Parenthood, which now they're defunding. Right. They're not going to defund her committee, I'm sure. No. Uh, because, you know, if you don't have that drum to bang, what good are you? But your, uh, I'm not referring to you, Blue Gal, but to our audience, your Republican colleague, your Republican coworker, your Republican cousin, your Republican family member, that friend from camp, mm-hmm. the guy you work with voted for this. Mm-hmm. They voted for this. They voted for the whole fucking package because yeah. it was all out there. All they had to do was look. And then this was this is what was they were. This is what they were going to buy. And if they cop to, well, I just wanted this little piece. I didn't care about that other stuff. Yeah, you didn't care about poor people or sick people or women or minorities or international affairs or nuclear war. You just wanted your fucking tax cut. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? You just flunked being an American citizen. Yep. You flunked being a Christian, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, and speaking of that, we're, we have to end, but I don't want to end before we've done a Bible bitch. Uh, well, why would we? <laughs> Bible bitch. That's not scriptural. I have been thinking all week as as one thing after another has come up about how Repu- the, the theme... 
which is Republicans don't know how to govern, has come up. And the the fragment of a verse that keeps coming to my mind is, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. <laughs> and so I went and looked that up. And I did not realize, I, first of all, I didn't, I thought that might have been in Proverbs, but it's actually, it is a saying of Jesus. Um, and there's, there's been some articles this week about whether or not Jesus is an actual historical figure uh, and, and where the evidence is of a historical Jesus and, and so forth. And people investigating that and looking at archaeologists doing things and so forth and so and on. And white, that's all great. You know that's that. all great. <laughs> Thank you, Megan Kelly. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and none of that matters to me right now. Um, I mean, I, I'm I I am grateful for historians. I think all of that's very interesting. But um, I'm simply looking for something with which I can carry myself through my day. Right. And, and maybe you that too. That works for me. Maybe and maybe other people. Mm-hmm. What? But certainly me. And um, so I, uh, King James. This is Matthew ten twenty four to twenty seven. Uh, and verse 26 is where it is, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. But the context of that was interesting. Uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples about persecution and about suffering and about the suffering that they're going to have to go through and specifically about the suffering that he is going to go through and saying, the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his Lord. If they have called the master of the house, meaning him, Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? In other words, his servants. Mm -hmm. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, you shall speak in light. And what you hear in the ear, you shall preach upon the housetops. And the way the message, which is uh, Eugene Peterson's modern translation of the Bible says, is this. A student doesn't get a better desk than her teacher. A laborer doesn't make more money than his boss. Be content, pleased even, when you, my students, my harvest hands, get the same treatment I get. If they call me the master dung face, what can the workers expect? So don't be intimidated. Mm-hmm. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open, and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. And that was really helpful to me. <laughs> well, there, and there's a <clears throat> there's a lyric um, in uh, um, uh, Johnny Cash cover song. Mm-hmm. It's also um, when the man comes around. I think. It's also a pretty common expression in the African-American church and community, at least in my experience many years ago, which is you don't throw a rock and hide your hand. Yeah. And and that's exactly what's going on now. You have a lot of people who are hurting their fellow Americans because they like hurting us. And they're doing it on purpose and they like doing it. And they are hiding their hand. They don't they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're hiding their uh, basic sadism and ignorance and uh, contempt for this country uh, mm-hmm. beneath a lot of piety and a lot of talk. But. It's, I mean, anybody who's not part of their cult can see what they're doing. Mitch McConnell standing in front of a whole bunch of people and saying that it's un-American to block a Supreme Court nomination. Yeah. You can see yeah. what he's doing. He's a monster. Yeah. And he's and a gaslighter. Yeah. He's a monster of a party of monsters. And when you're in that cult and there's, and you have 63 million or so fellow cultists, you get to get away with this stuff mm-hmm. because there's, mm-hmm. there is no referee anymore. There are no rules anymore. There's just them doing their thing. And there's us trying to stop them from wrecking the country. Yep. 
I want to I want to say to you too, Driftglass, before we sign off. Um, yes. I watched for like the nineteenth time uh-huh. yesterday. I'm bringing up science fiction now. Oh, um, Lord. <laughs> the end of Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Live Die Repeat. Edge of Tomorrow, which yeah. is a terribly marketed movie, but is actually a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, uh-huh. uh, we liked it. We I did. I think it was a lot. A good I watch, I, whenever it's on, I turn it on. Well, it was I solid. It was a good. solid science solid. fiction movie. It was it was yeah. well thought out. Yep. And it's not a time travel movie. It's a time loop movie. Right. And the person who dies keeps waking up at the same moment once he dies. And um, not to get into it too much, but they reach a point where the time loop breaks. And it's after two hours, so you know it's the end of the movie. And the time loop breaks. And so now they are going to live through more than just one day. Right. And uh, they get to this point where they're about to, def- we think they're about to have the final meetup with the very bad thing. And uh, they have a setback. And Tom Cruise says to Emily Blunt, because you've watched two hours of them trying to defeat this very bad thing over and over, and over again. Over and over yeah. again. Yeah. You just get in there asking, and, they, and he gets killed. And then he wakes up the same morning, you know, and every time and has to go through and fight it all over again. Well, the time loop's broken. They're going to actually try to beat the very bad thing. And they, they reach a setback and Tom Cruise turns to Emily Blunt and says, we have lived through worse. Yeah. And it is such a loving moment. <laughs> and she does not remember him each morning that he wakes no. up and she, she has to start all over again with her, no. which is really what the movie's about. Yeah. It's about it's love story. how it's a lot. Well, and it reminds, again, it's, it, it pairs up very nicely with uh, Groundhog Day. Yes. In terms of, it's sort of the flip side of Groundhog Day in that every day he wakes up and she doesn't remember and he continually falls in love with her. He continues to love her and continues to grow in love for her over time. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he says that to her, I mean, she knows she knows about the time loop because she used to have it. And uh, when he says that to her, we have lived through worse, you just feel this sense of um, real devotion. You know, we, we've done this so many times together and you don't remember, but we're together. And uh, Drift Glass, I, when I saw it last night, I thought of you and Aww. I just thought, we've lived through worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, we, yes, we, we have. have lived through worse. Yes, I was telling someone on the, on the Facebook today about um, deducting healthcare expenses. Uh-huh. And there was one year when I was a when I reached a point with my healthcare expenses where they were more than ten percent of my income. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Seven and a half back in two thousand nine, it was seven and a half percent, and I could deduct health healthcare expenses mm-hmm. from my taxes. It was, this was before we were married, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was because Junior Dude got braces. Right. And his braces were. Um, Less than $3,000, but less than $3,000 was more than 10% of my income. Right. That's right. Uh, and uh, that was as, you know, a newly divorced person living on food stamps and yep. fuel assistance and, you know, I re- everything. I every day, the thing, and I would call you and I would cry about the uh, dehumanizing bureaucracy that I had to go through, and yep. I would have folders. Remember, I had the oh. folders with all of their birth certificates and their social security numbers. And you were armed for bear. Armed with everything I needed to prove who I was and what I needed and what my income was. 
And um, then I would go into these tarried bureaucrats in these smelly windowless offices and apply for aid. Right. And they would punch everything into a computer and get me what I needed. Yes, they would. You know? And I would take everything back and put it back in my folder and I'd say, I hope... Every other client you have today is as easy as I was. Yes. And they all look at me and go, yeah, <laughs> not going to happen no. because, you know, it required. And, and everyone sort of said to me, your situation is temporary because you've got your act together to this extent. That's a clear indication yes. that I'm not going to see you five years from now. You know, you'll have found a way out of this mm. and you know that was very hopeful but uh we've seen worse personally worse? than this yeah. oh we we both have. uh and and i remember the time in the food stamp office when finding out that after we were married that your unemployment check meant i lost food stamps right. remember that i do <laughs> <clears throat> vividly you had too much unemployment I coming did. in i did <laughs> <clears throat> and uh Oh, God. No, Those I, were the I, days. <laughs> I, well, and it's, you know, it's we're not out from under it yet, but no, I remember, not. I mean, we're I not, lost but... I lost my condo. I lost my savings. I yep. lost everything. Yep, yep. I lost yep. my job. Um, yep. And, it, and you haven't had a full-time job. Well, you've had a full-time <clears throat> job for six months, For a maybe. hot minute. For one hot yeah. minute. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. But it, it's, um, it, and it's not that we are any better than anyone. No, we we're have, not. And we're not out the other side yet. No. It's that we're not. I'm convinced that these are the exercises that toughen you up. Yep. And make it possible that, you know, the, the big boat and the little boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we survived in the little boat. And now on our podcast, we can be a bigger boat. Mm-hmm. We can help people understand, at least give people a vocabulary. You're not mm-hmm. crazy. You're no, not alone. you're not crazy. You're not crazy. This isn't. Normal, and this isn't a losing battle in the end. No, what, what, but what our fight has changed. It has. What we are fighting for right now is the resistance. It's not progress toward what we want. We are not. This is not a progressive fight. No, this is a resistance fight. Right, and we will have a progressive fight again. I assure you of that. We yeah. will. Uh, the the pendulum does swing, and uh, the stupid voter who said, you know. Oh, if if he repeals and takes away my widow's benefit right. from Obamacare, I won't vote for him next time. And yeah. I sat there. I think every liberal sat there if they saw her and said, saying, lady, lady, you could have prevented even this anxiety from happening. Right. But you wouldn't because you don't think that anything will have any consequences for you. For you. You know, yeah. I didn't know the gun was loaded. Right. I, right. Know, what, yeah. What's this so, button do? Right, right. Watch this. Yeah. And and <laughs> yeah. there's no again. The, we have to be really realistic about our battles and 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 mm-hmm. and what we have to do is really understand each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just right now. This is you know pre-inaugural. Everything uh, the next week. There's going to be like a million news stories hitting you all at once. There's going to be mm-hmm. six. Um, um, you called it a DDoS attack on the media. Yeah, uh, Carol Lee called it called it that. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it yeah. is. There's going to be six con- confirmation hearings at the same time that Donald Trump is holding a press conference, which has never happened. The whole idea is to mm-hmm. is to is to bum rush these utterly incompetent, dangerously crazy, uh, fringe nut jobs that Donald Trump selected for his cabinet in all at once because mm-hmm. just blitz them, just blitz mm-hmm. and uh, and Democrats will put up a fight. And they'll lose most of those fights. 
and but that's long, that's far away. You and I can't control that. Right. What we can control is our lives and each other, and we can remind each other that now is the time that you need to reach out to your fellow progressives and let them know they are not alone. Right. Um, that there is a vast number, there's a majority in this country who think as we do, who believe as we do, who love as we love, who care about the issues we care about, and that this is as bad as it is, and it's really bad. It's not permanent if we won't if we won't let it be permanent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but we have to act. There's lots of things we need to do, and we, there's about 20 things we didn't talk about tonight. But there mm-hmm. are kids we have to attend to. Yeah, so we, we didn't yeah. talk about indivisible, for example. Yeah, we did. We we didn't. But that that is up at Crooks and Liars, right. the indivisible plan, and also the um, the one from the fucking news that's about the media. Yeah. It, uh, is also linked there as Con- well. Concrete action you can take. Yep. Uh, yep. I didn't talk about Matthew Dowd, which I should, but I, I'm not going to do that because we're out of time. And you've written about Matthew Dowd at driftglass.blogspot.com. Extensively. So people can go and take a look at it. Extensively. He stepped on many rakes this week. And it was stepped on many rakes this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and, and having kids keeps us grounded on things other than yeah. all the other shit we're dealing with. So. We love you guys. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with my emotionalism. <laughs> and my uh, darker moments. And our darker moments. And my darker you, moments. I, my you wife, always tell me that I, I has, cry for the right reasons. So You do. I has a big heart. I have hard heart. Mm. Together we're, we make a slushy, so it's great. <laughs> smash, smash, right? <laughs> Each week we post to our fa- Oh, one more thing. Yeah? Barack Obama is giving a speech next week. He is. My, in Chicago. My president is giving a speech in my basically hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's doing it on the seventh anniversary of our podcast. He is because professional left. Because professional left. So just so, when you're listening to Barack Obama speak next week, remember. Oh, you know what? It's the seventh anniversary of the professional left podcast. I'm sure he'll drop. I it should in. I should send them seven dollars. <clears throat> he he really. <laughs> I'm sure that either well John Lovett doesn't work for him anymore. John Faber doesn't work for him anymore. So he, who's writing this speech? Exactly. Probably Barack Obama. Probably Michelle Obama. <laughs> Michelle Obama. And, uh, it's going to be Michelle's speech from the 2008 convention. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> oh, oh. I will pay Michelle Obama $7 <laughs> if Barack Obama gets up and says, you know that whitey speech you've been waiting for all this time? <laughs> well, fuck you. Here it comes. Here it Bend comes. over, because here it comes. Here it comes. All right. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. Now, this week's kitty is also named Olive. It's not our Olive. It's a different Olive. There are many Olives. Someone, someone realized that we had a cat named Olive, who, by the way, we took to the vet, and it's a boy. A boy. We found out. I, my pussy grabbing was not accurate enough. No. Practice, practice, practice. I keep <laughs> no, telling you. Vet, vet knows much you. more about these things than I do. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, our olive is a neutered male, and uh, we just figure... Not, Drift Class still refers to him as she, and uh, olive does. our olive doesn't seem to mind that, no. just as long as the food comes out. <laughs> this, is, this is our problem, <laughs> not I, his problem. Yes. Olive, when olive comes into the kitchen, starts rubbing up against your legs, you feed olive. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Anyway... This olive that is this week's Internet Kitty is beautiful and part white and kind of part torty and gorgeous. Um, she was willing to be Internet Kitty if she didn't actually have to be awake for the photograph. Fair so, enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I said, sure. I, I have the same rule about doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
not not nice, Driftland. No, not nice. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We do love hearing from you. Believe me, we do. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. And we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. I know I read that every week, and I read that approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast. Um, That's typical of, I've said this before, of any organization that asks for donations Uh anywhere. Uh, that does a mailing. If you get a mailing from the United Nations High Commission on Refugees, if you get a mailing from Planned Parenthood, if you get a mailing from um, uh, Habitat for Humanity, uh, generally speaking, the return on a mailing like that, we don't do mailings, but return on a request like that is 1%. Is 1% is 1%. <laughs> 1 to 2% uh-huh. is considered a good rate of return. Yeah. So. If you believe in these kind of organizations um, and you think, well, I'm not going to send them money, uh, believe me, sending them two bucks makes a difference. Is huge. Sending them five bucks is huge. I, I so I work with a lot of nonprofits in Springfield. Yeah, I yeah. know a lot of people who run nonprofits or, or who are mm-hmm. active, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, you know, they and, and they would rather have um, <clears throat> people consistently giving five bucks when they can then have a one-time donation of a thousand, then they never hear from that yeah. person again because that consistency is a connection to the community. It's a connection to a future funding stream, it is. which is dependable mm-hmm. and it means a lot. It's so a budget. I'm, you can go I'm making board. and I'm making a pitch. Right, I'm not making a pitch for us. I'm I'm saying we say approximately one percent with no sense of resentment to the ninety-nine percent who don't give no. at all because no. we know that times are always are tough for different people in different situations. And we also know that a big organization like, you know, Habitat for Humanity that does international stuff still gets 1% of their mailing list returning money. And those are people who have to staff for years in advance. Yeah, exactly. And and schedule projects. And it really helps to know what their budget's going to be for the next year. And, And with the state... We don't have a budget, people. No, no. we spend those. <laughs> we pay the electric bill, yeah. and we. <laughs> but if if but you know. considering the state of Illinois is completely yeah. schizophrenic and completely yeah. uh, as as collapsed and is budget freedom. Yeah, budget <laughs> as, freedom as complete budget freedom. We're all living on of freedom no budget. Now. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is great. That's exactly right. Uh huh. I'm, I'm getting yeah. a cardboard sign for the corner where I'm going to tell people to contribute for freedom. Uh, but Honestly. don't, d- d- if you're feeling, if there's anything in extra in your pouch this holiday season from mm-hmm. generous family or friends or bonuses or whatever, find a charity in your area that does good work. And, and uh, Planned Parenthood, keep yeah. a couple of bucks, yeah. man. They could use it and, and they could use it, they could use the money and they could use the moral support. I'm getting texts that somebody needs to come downstairs. So let's let's wrap this up. And I'm, I'm getting uh, information from my, PC battery that I have about 4% left. So All right. 
please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? No, Blue Gal, now that everyone in the world gets a show on NBC or MSNBC, the Internet Kitties are looking forward to their new weekend program called the David Gregory Podcast. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Love Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2016. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.